Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. And we coming from our basement to your headphones, barely even know who we are, but changing the unknown in a wild time in the chart. Thank you for downloading the podcast, Theanos. Now, here are your hosts, Jordan Hall and Eric Wayne. Welcome to another episode of the podcast, Theanos. I am Jordan Hall, and with me, as always, is Eric Wayne. Eric, what's going on? Uh, not much. Enjoying the holiday weekend. I'm feeling rested. I'm feeling strong, Jordan. That's good. Get it out. All the anger. All the anger is gone. Yes. We, uh, to let the listeners know, we efforted to have a podcast recorded last night and I was fighting the fine folks at AT&T. We had technical issues and, uh, we were working on it. I was just so angry and frustrated. It would have been straight rage, just hot takes oh, yeah. all night if we would have recorded yesterday. Right. But I'm feeling rested, feeling strong and positive, just like the Tigers, strong and positive. Exactly. Um, so obviously we're recording on Labor Day today in Michigan. The kids go back to school in the morning. How's that going down in the Wayne household? It is going. Uh, the, the youngins are nestled in their beds and uh, they will tackle tackle school tomorrow nice are they are they still young enough that they're like yeah school's awesome or have they been like had yeah. that beaten out of them no i i think i think they're the one of them's very ready so good. that's good i was at the mall um but i don't know after work today picking up a few things as one does and for real like every school kid in like the the three county area had to have been there doing like their last minute shopping on labor day on labor day Wow, and there was just this aura, like you could feel it, just like sadness and despair. <laughs> I wanted to like fit into a tiny cup and like sip on it all day. Among the the youngins, the parents uh, were pretty eager. Send it back. <laughs> um, just a programming note for all the listeners out there. Um, unless something drastic happens, uh, there will not be a show for the next two weeks. Um, my wife and I will be on vacation uh, for the next two weeks. A couple of days in Vancouver, about a week in Seattle. Um, doing some fun things. Talked about this last night on the show that didn't happen. Uh, going whale watching. Um, we're going to a Seattle Sounders game, so that should be fun. 
Um, seeing the Mariners play yep. the Astros, hoping to see King Felix pitch. That'd be fun. Are um, you going to like go to the fish market, catch a fish? I don't know uh, about, about catching the fish, but I would imagine we will hit we'll hit some sort of fish market. You gonna go see the gum wall? I, we we will see. I that that concept kind of grosses me out. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little gross. And uh, Whitney was reading reviews. There is, we talked about this last night. There's a street where people openly like do meth in the middle of the street. And I think that's something that I would cross off a bucket list. You don't seem quite so sure. Wait, you want to just go and watch people do illicit drugs out in the open, like methamphetamines? I don't know what that looks like. Well, if, I, if I'm going to watch somebody who's using methamphetamines... I want to see them playing baseball in the in the 80s like it was meant to be. Yeah, I don't I don't think that they're so much, you know, athletically active when oh. on this on this particular street. Maybe oh. there's some streets that we didn't read about on the internet where they, you know, get high and then go run a marathon or something right. like that. Oh, are methamphetamines different than amphetamines? One would think so. I I can't say I'm super up on my like greenies um, and blackies, or uh, you know, or you know, oranges. I, I don't know. Meth is what makes what you color. like tweak. I don't. I don't know exactly. Right. Oh, is that what um, the um, the science teacher and his uh, friend would sell on that one show? I think so. The blue. I don't know yeah. what. I don't know what show. Like I know what Breaking show you're talking Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Yeah. That's the show. All the all the latest references on the podcast. To be honest. I never. I never got into it. Um, but anyway, this is our first time in the area. So if any of you on the Twitter sphere have suggestions for us hit me up speaking of twitter you can follow us i am at jordan hall 23 that is what you call a segue eric is at comeric eric and the show is at podcastianos if you want to find us on the on the line uh we're at podcastianos.com on the instagram gonna want to follow me there there's gonna be a lot of hot picks from uh from the west coast i am at jordino4 i'll spell it for all you americans j-o-r-d-i-n-h-o-4 and we'd love it if you would take the time to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or however else you listen to the show. Um, it would really help with our iTunes, SEO, et cetera, and help other people find the show. Um, if you do, take a screenshot of it and tweet it at me. I'll retweet that and give you hundreds of thousands of followers because that's pretty much how Twitter works. Yep. I feel like this podcast has become a vehicle to promote your Instagram account, though. Yeah, I mean – that was kind of what I had in mind when I when I emailed you about this to to begin with. I'm like, I'm going to let this stew on the back burner for a couple months, and then when the time is right, it's just going to be all Insta all the time. Dropping hot fire Insta photos. I'm I'm proud of you, Hall. Thanks. I'm Blaine Hardy, and you're listening to the podcast, Yanos. So uh, last week was really a banner week for the Tigers fans, but how could we not start with what we just witnessed? Um, Ugh. Verlander, he was dynamite. Mickey, oh, what a performance. Even the Wilson boys, they weren't terrible. And then finally, Jay up, doing it again. Uh, I'll let you pick. What do you want to talk about? You got to start with Justin Upton, don't you? It's two games in a row now. And as bad as he was in the beginning of the year. And he was bad. Really bad. Really bad. He he is as good now. Eight home runs in the last 14 games. And, you know, there was kind of some joking about, oh, he's going to put the team on his back towards the end of the season. These last two games, now everybody contributed, but uh, when we needed to win the game, he was there. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, yeah, I, I feel like we talked about this when Castellanos went down. Like, kind of here's here's Justin's chance. You know, be the guy that we thought that we signed, and I mean, he's been everything uh, that and and more. Um, he's obviously not going to rebound those the season long numbers, but the the splits over the last what three three four weeks have just been have been silly. It's crazy, and I, you know everybody laughs about the three day break that he got, and Kurt Gibson's on TV talking about you know the little pointers that he get, gave him or whatever. I don't know what exactly the mechanism that fixed him, but I can tell you the results, and that is. He's staying on the ball. He is, he's going opposite field. He doesn't look behind on pitches. He's he's getting his front foot down faster, and he just looks. And he said it in a in an interview. He feels like he can pound the ball every time he's up and contribute. And frankly, don't you get the feeling to that feeling too when he gets up? It's like oh. He's going to do something good. Yeah, whereas earlier in the year, it was like, oh, he's going to strike out. They right. talked about on Tigers Live uh, after the game tonight about how earlier in the season he was getting to beat to everything inside. And I don't know what, you know, like you said, maybe it's getting his front foot down, maybe he's starting to swing a little bit better. But he's owning the inner half of the plate, which has expanded his, you know, his hitting radius to be able to cover all the various, um, you know, pitches away. And that that pitch that he took right. deep tonight was that was a decent pitch, and he hit that ball a very long way, a direction that a lot of uh, hitters can't go that deep on. Two outs on a one-two count, and my favorite part was Alex Avila's face <laughs> after he hit it. Like you just saw, I mean, the ball hadn't even gotten past first base, and Avila's face was just slumped and saw. I was like, ugh. And because he knew right away. Yeah, a lot of heartbreak for both of the White Sox fans in attendance there. That was sparse. You know when there's a foul ball hit in the stands and you see people like leapfrogging two rows to get the foul ball? That's a sparse crowd. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Verlander's velocity tonight. I was I was listening to it on the radio. I was I was actually going for a run. More on that later. I know you can't wait. Um, but they, <laughs> Dan and Jim were, were talking as they do pretty frequently about the about Verlander's velocity it sounds like he was hit sitting seven or <laughs> that 79 would not be good 97 98 even into the sixth and the seventh inning um we talked earlier in the year about how he's learned to pitch with a bit of a different as Jim would say arsenal um getting some of that old arsenal back with the new knowledge that maybe he has that I mean he's been incredible for the last I don't know two or three months at this point um, yep. But when you can combine the smarts with the stuff, my oh my, I like where I like where he's at. Yeah, now you got to take it with a little bit of grain of salt today. Today they had Justin Wilson hitting ninety nine on the gun and Alex Wilson hitting ninety seven. So that gun was a little hot. But it but. sounded it sounded like Sale was only in in the very very low nineties early, which maybe that was by design from from him. Yeah. I, I don't know exactly, but I mean, he's, you think the Wilson boys are throwing that hard? Maybe, maybe. it's it was a good day. They looked strong. Good day for pitching. It's, it's hot, but not too hot. I mean. The, yeah. the conditions were right. Um, conditions were perfect. Miggy, two home runs, um, even against Chris Sale. Uh, I mean, there's there's not a whole lot more we can add to to Miggy. Um, got his 300th as a Tiger. That's that's cool. Yep, that second one. I when he hit it, I thought, oh, that's gonna be if it hits the gap, that's gonna be off the wall. That's a double, and it just got out so fast that it didn't have time to sink. 
It was just a line shot. It was beautiful. Yeah, I thought, oh, crap, he's going to get thrown out at second. He got <laughs> right? he hit that too hard. Yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. Cabrera, he's, you know, I I, I couldn't help my, myself. I found some, some tweets from, like, May, you know, about how Cabrera was awful and he's a terrible player. And I had to throw in a couple of Miguel Cabrera's awful tweets just to <laughs> – just to shame people. When you were gone, uh, Vito came on the show and he recommended that maybe Mickey needed to to drop a few pounds. So I don't know. Maybe he has, and that's what's inspired this um, this surge. But Uh-oh. he seems to be in, in a good a good spot right now. Is this the podcast Yanos with Eric and Lynn Henning? Come on. <laughs> Uh, so really fun week last week. It feels silly to go back and recap now because we're already into the, this coming week. But that's what we're going to do. Um, so many come from behind wins. Monday, it was Salty's home run in the eighth. Uh, Tuesday, we came back uh, from three down in the fifth inning to take that one against the these very same White Sox. And then Wednesday, Tyler Collins scored the sack – or Jacoby scored on the sack fly, hit by Tyler Collins after Jacoby's um, – you know, game tying heroics. And then the home runs from Miggy on Friday, two run homer to take the lead in the top of the ninth. And then Jay up on Sunday, which would be yesterday at this point, homer in the top of the eighth. Um, we said we wanted emotion from the boys. I don't know if there's so much emotion, but scoring all these runs late in the game, you know, they're not dead. Well, they've shown the the mental resolve that we kind of wondered about earlier. Just not not saying dead, not saying not throwing in the towel, just being strong to the end, thinking they can win it. And Frick, when Justin um, Upton's on your team, you always get a chance. It's it's kind of funny because, like, we've watched these all of these comebacks, and there's been you know they're all pumped, rah rah rah. It doesn't feel like overly emotional though. It's just kind of like yeah. the classic Tigers. You know, we're gonna keep doing, what we're gonna do, we're gonna play it right to the end. They just kind of methodically yeah. come from behind, and I think. You know, a lot of it, lots been made about the the downside to Brad Ausmus. You know, he doesn't handle the bullpen well, all these things. But that's a reflection on him, too. He's always out there, you know, for better or worse, grinding right down to the end. And, you know, if he looks a little comatose when they're bad, he looks a little comatose when they're good. Exactly. And and there is something to that. Obviously, you don't want you don't want that every day, day in and day out. But over the course of 162 games, there are worse things. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so you touched on uh, one Jacoby Jones, Mm -hmm. and he had a pair of games where he was where he was, in your words, fire emoji. (laughs) Tell us tell me what you think of his call up and and what happened with Jacoby. I think it was a stroke of genius. Um, Obviously, he's had uh, a couple not so great games since, but we needed a, a shot that was coming off of the Angel series where you know that didn't go how we wanted we needed that yep. energy with maybe not in the lineup and you know he's he gave it to us even if he doesn't contribute a thing from now to the end of the year or even now on i'd still say we got the better end of that soria deal considering he was a free agent at the end of the at the end of the year he contributed yep. pretty substantially in two wins i mean those and- those are wins we couldn't have had without without his contributions and we haven't recorded in a while, but did you see the little episode of like with his mom and dad in the stands? Yeah, that was and he gets nice. his hit. I mean, that was kind of getting on the feels train, wasn't it? A little emotional. It was. It was pretty perfect. Yeah. What do you, What do you think about him going forward? Um, 
obviously he's kind of in a in a weird platoon with Collins until and I mean Maben probably won't play again tomorrow. Um he's getting some time at third. Do you see him getting a whole lot in the way of run against non left handed pitchers? Uh you're well when he played his third game in a row, he was pretty exposed, right? I mean, you could see he was jumpy, not working counts, and, you know, the bat speed's there, everything's there, but he was just jumpy and wanting to replicate his success right away. So you, I think uh, he'll play some. you got to pick your spots with him, like you say. Um and but he plays the two positions that we need some center and some third so there's going to be spots for him but it won't be three games in a row i don't think again soon which is which is fine because like you say it'll prevent him from being overexposed like he's so aggressive and and i kind i kind of dig that because there are some things that he's made happen that somebody who was a little bit more passive up there just wouldn't have he's up there he's hacking he's trying to make stuff happen um and it's okay to have a few of those guys in the lineup. Um, and essentially right now he's playing the Mike Avilas role. Like, I mean, night, night yeah. and day there, really. <laughs> Mike Avilas still cracks me up. I don't want to beat a dead horse dead, but like we couldn't get rid of him, but we could trade him to Atlanta and they didn't have a problem getting rid of him. No. So no. anyway, but yes, he is a substantial upgrade over Mike because uh, I could see him coming in as a pinch pinch runner. Mm-hmm. He's very fast. I mean, he's not like the Royals Gore and Dyson fast, but he is pretty fast, and uh, he could he can do that kind of role for you here in September. Um, so yeah, I think he'll get a few a few spots. And it's gonna, this is going to kind of sound stupid, but he's a, he's a hard intimidating runner too. Like if he's coming <laughs> down the line from third. I know that catchers are big and they got all this gear on and that, you know, technically you can't run them over anymore, but you are much less likely to make a play with him running down you than say Romine or Iglesias who are, are far less a specimen of men. I would say, you know what I mean? Kind of. I'm not really buying that too much. They're here in footsteps. Footsteps. That's all. Okay. All right. I'm going to say, I totally agree with you. Okay. Because I, I like you, but I don't. I don't think. I don't think that's that sounds. Really... That sounds exactly like what Twitter tells me every day. <laughs> oh, exactly. all right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, imposing runner. It's like he's like a fullback as opposed. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Um, we should sign Ebo. <laughs> definitely. So I put on on Twitter that I thought it was a great idea, and I had all kinds of people thought and yeah, tell me, no, you're a moron. What do you think about the idea? Of what? Of of signing Tebow. Put him in the system. Oh, I think I think it's ridiculous and no one should do it. Oh, I think somebody should do it. <laughs> I, wanna... I I can tell you what. Some minor league team is going to have a gift dropped right in their lap that is Tim Tebow. And somebody's going to sign him. It looks like maybe Atlanta's in for him. What do they you have know, to lose? That's, that's a good point. You know, his skill set, what doesn't bother me, his potential... It doesn't. The thing is, he is 29 years old. You know, he, he's not going to go anywhere. And these guys have been playing baseball all their life. And this guy picked up a bat. Yeah, he looked good with a little batting practice. But then they actually threw some real pitches to him. And they said, yeah, the scouts that were there, not so much. Yeah, the the thing is, like, I was, I actually was a pretty su- substantial Tebow hater when he was playing football because I thought he was terrible. But... <laughs> 
it would be fun. I mean, that, that's pretty much what the minor leagues are for for fans is to to see the young up and coming talent and to have fun. It would be fun to see him, um, and there would be all kinds of stuff for us to talk about. Which I mean, that's 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 what I'm going for. No, the Tigers should not sign Tebow because it would just be a distraction and a mess to um, the real baseball players who actually are going to be good at baseball. Can you imagine Osmus getting questions in his post-game press conferences <laughs> about Tebow? I would love to see that. Just the stank eye Osmus would give the reporters like, don't ask me about this. No. Um, let's move on to J.D. In his last 30 games, he is hitting – Excuse me, last 30 days. He's hitting 383, an OPS of 1.090. That's good. Six homers, 15 RBIs. Um, And I know that fantasy doesn't, fantasy baseball doesn't like take everything into account, but he's been uh, 16th best player in fantasy over the last 30 days. I mean, that means only 15 players, pitchers and hitters, have been better. Um, Is this. He did not meet, he did not miss a beat after that injury. No, which is incredible. Like, how do you come back? I mean, it's stunning. It's. Because he, he missed a month. Mm-hmm. He missed a month. Is that right? Yeah, I think a little bit over a month even. Gosh, it's crazy. Especially considering it's a, you know, you use your, I'm not that you don't use your entire body to swing because you, you absolutely do. But I mean, the arms are a very key component to get your yeah. timing back like that. Yep. Just, it's incredible. Um, I, I was thinking about this. I was talking with my dad about this today. The Astros gave up on him. Like, I know that we all know that. But, like, really think about that. Like, an entire organization looked at J.D. Martinez and said, you know what? Nah. Let's let him, let's let him go. Like, I know that there's been right. some, some adjustments. But it's just every time I, I, like, think about that and conceptualize it, it just blows my mind. I think they just had the world's most severe case of prospect fatigue yeah. with him. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Because he was this, you know, big strapping guy. He should really be able to hit. Oh, he's, you know, we've had him in the system. He's going to hit. He's a big, strong guy. And then he played in their minor league system or excuse me, in their on their major league team for a couple of years, mm-hmm. I want to say, and did and stunk. And stunk, hitting in the low 200s, you know, sporadic power. It's not like they didn't get a good look at him. Yeah. They played the snot out of Jade. I should see how many um, how many games he played with the Astros. But it was not a small amount, no. From if I'm remembering correctly. And they just saw this guy every day and saw him fail, for lack of a better term. And I think they were just saw so much more promise in some of the other guys that were coming behind him. And they said, hey, we've seen this guy fail plenty, and we just need to move on. Yeah, when you got Jake Marisnik coming through the pipeline, I mean, well, <laughs> you can't put somebody in his way. Well, it was Springer. Yeah, it was, know. you know, some of that, you know, actual good players. Uh, but I... I think that's the only thing that that they were thinking. And they're saying, you know, hey, we got to make some room. This guy's dead weight. And, you know, it's it's just not working out for us. And you know what? I don't as much as we like to tweet at the Astros and say, hey, thanks. Every time he does something good, like I don't I don't begrudge them too much. Oh, no. I mean, we've I'm trying to think of an example of a guy that we've had that. You know, just you get so fatigued with, and he just turned around and and played pretty good. Um, Hernan, maybe. I mean, Hernan's had a pretty yeah. Hernan year. Perez. I mean, that's, obviously not to the same extent, but not yeah. to the same depth. But that's a pre, that's a decent comp. Yeah. Um, let's move on. Uh, Jordan Zimmerman expected to come back on Saturday. Um, how pumped yeah, are you for that? Yeah, he gave. 
uh, he, his rehab start, his la- uh, were not real sharp though. From what I understand, he gave up like seven seven runs in four innings or something like that, but only like three of them were earned. Yeah, I guess so it's probably probably shaky defense. Um, they were talking about him on, on the radio today, and they said that they they claimed that they were they were talking with him this morning, which I don't know how likely that is. But the the thought is that um, he thought when he came back the last time that he could pitch through it, things would eventually work themselves out. And obviously he came back for one start, got bombed straight back to the DL. Yeah. This time it's completely different. He said that all I of the so. all of the pain he was experiencing is gone. Like it has worked itself out since then, and he doesn't have anything left to work out as far as like pain or discomfort in his in his shoulder neck area. Um, so obviously he's gonna take a little time to, to shake some of the rust off. But physically, hopefully um, he'll be he'll be where we want him to be. Well, ultimately, that is the bigger question. It's not how did your rehab performances go? It was how do you feel? Do you have uh, how does your body feel? You know, are you healed up? Are you scared to, you know, really use your body in the way that you need to? And, um, you know, are do you have a little bit of a feel for your pitches? Right. I mean, uh, just so you're not coming out there completely fresh. So, you know, if he obviously has some feel for his pitches. He got into a game. And if he's saying to everybody, hey, I'm, my body's feeling great. Um, although we're in a slightly different position this time where last time we needed him to come back mm-hmm. in a bad way. Um, this time I feel like we have a few more options. You know, Boyd uh, is even floating out there. Um, you know, Sanchez was not, he's only, uh, you know, he's like a, he's like a dumpster toter. You know, one of those tote things. He's not a, or he's a, he's a toter fire, not a complete dumpster fire. I yeah. guess is what I'm trying yeah, to say. I mean, that's that's the thing is, um, <laughs> he's kind of like, I mean, there's the potential for, for Zimmerman to kind of be like the one big shoe that drops in the the AL Central chase. Like getting him yeah. back. Like we talked about when he came back last time, he affects 20 percent of the the baseball games that we play. Like that's a that's a really yep. high percentage of, of games. Um, but yeah, there isn't an immediate spot where you say we absolutely need him in, but I mean, I'm not going to say that upgrading Anibal isn't doable because yeah, you got to do that. Um, speaking of mighty comebacks and returns, your boy Pelf was called up today and he's going to the bullpen. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think he can be (laughs) very, very effective out of the bullpen. He gets ground balls. If he's if his stuff plays up a little bit, throwing in shorter bursts, he's going to be bringing some pretty decent velocity. Um, I I think there's some, there's some upside there. I'm not going to say that, you know, he's going to turn into, to Wade Davis or anything, because let's not get carried away, but I think he could be a useful piece out of the bullpen. I do too. Yeah. I mean, well, he doesn't have a choice and he seemed to have a decent attitude. Like, yeah, I saw some of his quotes were like, yeah, this makes sense. I get this or whatever. Yeah, yeah he was kind of like he, he was so not that he has any right to be going to say even about. even I, his most staunch defender would <laughs> would not argue with that. So he definitely should uh, should be there. Um, yep. September call ups. We've called up quite a few uh, young kids. Uh, yep. Buck's back with us. Blaine Hardy, of course. Um, Jacoby, we talked about. Dixon, Moya, uh, Casey McGee, a couple interesting ones. Uh, Joe, Is Moya coming back up? Moya, Moya and McGee uh, came back up together. I think they should be here for tomorrow. 
Okay, gotcha. And Joe Mantiply, he's the, he's the interesting one. Um, across two levels this year, 2.73 ERA, 56 appearances, 69 Ks and 59 innings, a left-handed reliever. What did you What did you think about that call? I thought that was interesting. I think they they just needed another left-handed arm that you know wasn't Kyle Ryan. You know, just give him a little a little more depth if they need a guy. I don't think he's going to feature, you know prominently at all but i think he was it was a smart to bring him up yeah and the one thing i was looking at with him is he is 25 so even though he doesn't have any big league experience yeah. you know he, he's been he's around not. yeah and he knows he's he shouldn't be phased by i mean your first big league game is probably going to phase you no matter how old yeah. you are but beyond that he, sh- he shouldn't be phased uh the big question mark and i feel like yes. I, this one has been all over the place is why not joe jimenez first why not joe jimenez you want the first and track? No, why don't you go ahead? I want to see what your take is. Um, I actually read, I don't, I think it was Avila's quote that said something to the effect of, um, you can really stunt a kid's development if you bring him up before he's ready. Like he's, he's experienced a lot this year. He's gone from a low level to where he's at now and we don't want to, to stunt him, which I think that is a very responsible, you know, that's not what, what does rabid tiger tigers fans want to hear because is he better than the majority of the guys that we have out there? Just stuff wise, probably. Yep. Yeah. Now a couple, so his stuff, yeah, stuff wise, can he cut it? Yeah, he he absolutely can. Um, he is twenty one years old, and we just talked about is it Mantiply or Mantiply? How are you gonna say? That? I think it's Mantiply. Mantiply. But I Mantiply also was twenty five. Okay. <laughs> anyway, he was twenty five. Jimenez is twenty one. Um, and he. <laughs> How should I? I want to say this in a diplomatic way, but he has he has got attitude, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't. There must be something in that equation uh, or that combination of age and kind of personality with him, where it's yeah, we're just gonna we're just gonna take our time with him. Mm-hmm. And I kind, uh, you know, hook slide. If he were on the podcast, he would advocate up and down and and bitch out the Tigers for not having him up. Um, but would it be exciting to have him up? Would it be another a bullet in the gun to have him up? Yes. Do I see some reasons for not calling him up? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And that attitude you're talking about, I think that there's a chance that that plays to his advantage as he gets older but right now um you might even go as far as to say that it it shows a little bit of of immaturity and that's not something that you want to have around a a bunch of guys who have singular focus on let's win this ball game today and then we'll move on to win tomorrow's ball game um you know what i mean yeah i think i think there was a there's as much a social and psychological reason for him and they said as much for not calling him up as there is a performance reason. Yeah. And he's going to be up and he's probably going to be a very, very good piece of our bullpen. Probably even, even as soon as next year. So yeah. let's, let's just be patient with him and hopefully in the long run, that'll be the right call. Hopefully. All right. Here is where we sit. Uh, we are currently five and a half back of Cleveland uh, who currently are losing. looks like three, two. So that's, that's good. Top six against the, against the Astros. Hopefully the Astros will finish the job. We are level with Baltimore and we are two games back of Boston. Um, what is your confidence level of the wild card and your confidence level of getting back into the race in the central? So I saw a little bit about Dan and Jim 
uh, talking about this and Jim seems to think that, uh, you know, they can still win the division mm-hmm. and they, they're, they're putting a big charge together for that. about that ad nauseum. Yeah. 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 Definitely. And I think, uh, Dan was saying, well, maybe you look ahead now with Verlander to say, Hey, how is his rotation going to fall to, to pitch that, that play in game? Mm-hmm. And I think, between you and I, I think that is the, the is the smart thing to do to start thinking about that play in game and trying to figure out how you can win that sucker, because we're five. Would you say five games? Five, yeah, five and a half. With um, how many games do we have left? Twenty some games left. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a tough hill to climb. And I feel much more comfortable comfortable talking about the wild card. Yeah, definitely. And we're going to know the the they go to Cleveland not this coming weekend but the following weekend. If we don't sweep there, you can forget it. Like that's I mean, yeah. we'll know a lot more about whether we're in in it for the division or for the wild card at that point. Um, but I agree, and you know I've I've said this before, and people have, have and mainly Hook actually has has discussed it with me on on Twitter. I don't have a problem with the wild card. A lot of teams make the wild card and then yeah. go on and win the World Series. Like that is not an, an uncommon route. Um, give me JV against anybody in a one game, and you know we might not win, but we're going to be in it. He's gonna he's gonna fight for us like a dog. I don't have a problem with that. We didn't have some season like the Cubs are having where they're just rolling everybody and tallying all these wins. Anyway, like we're gonna need to be. What year was it that the Cardinals got in and won the World Series? Uh, from that wild card spot. That's the kind of season that we're going to, I mean, that's the dream season, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we don't have to surpass the Indians to even win the world series. No. So you do got to get lucky, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, our friend Craig Calcaterra, um, said something like, um, the baseball season with this wild card is like running a marathon and then taking the the last couple of finishers and playing rock paper scissors to see who wins, something like that. And that that's the truth of it yeah. with that with that play in game. It's an absolute marathon. You just hope you get lucky. And right and, now, um, Boston is who we, we'd be playing that game against. I don't I don't love that concept, but I do love the the opportunity to inflict a little bit of uh, pain on them. Yeah, that'd be nice. That would be nice. And you got to imagine. If we could have one of their outfielders flip over (laughs) and then just go and spit on them or something, that would be really nice. That that, that would be nice. Um, You got to imagine we'd be either either facing David Price, who, as we know, is is not, you know, lights out in the postseason, or Porcello, who. Give me me the Porcello against Verlander, and I'd be comfortable with that. Yeah. Even as good as he's been this year. Well, you don't have much choice. I mean, if you're not going to win that division, and I think it's uphill, you just you play balls to the walls and get it done that one game. Um, we have uh, we already played one in Chicago. We have the next two nights against the White Sox, and then three against Baltimore. That'll be a really big series. Um, yep. We can't exactly bury them, but if we if we go in there and sweep, uh, we'll we'll be sitting fairly pretty. Yep. Uh, I feel like we did a little burying with the Royals. That felt good. Like we didn't gain any ground on the Indians, but shoving the Royals down a little farther. 
yeah. like we talked about last podcast, like they're kind of creeping up. But if you if we put them down a little bit, that that makes me smile. Maybe the Royals were why we had technological issues last night. Yeah, screw them. Screw them. Baltimore has three in Tampa. They won the first today. Um, and then obviously three with us at the weekend. Boston, three in San Diego, uh, who actually beat them today. Go figure. And then they have three in Toronto, which that won't be easy. Cleveland, um, this is the big one for us. Four against Houston and then three in Minnesota, who are just straight, yeah. straight poop emoji. Um, so Except for Dozier. <laughs> except for Dozier. Um, so you can probably count on, on three losses there. Gee. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Are you ready to move to your power rankings? Yeah, absolutely. Power rankings today, we have, of course, choices. Um, you know, it's back to school time. So how are you going to get your kids to school? In a bus? Maybe. maybe. Or you could take a minivan. Minivan, you can fit lots of children in. So I have for you models of minivan. Okay. Also, um, a topical seasonal, uh, a seasonal topic, if you will. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but college football has started okay. just this past weekend. And so I have for you uh, college football programs in the state of Michigan. <laughs> Let's do that. That sounds like a fun. That sounds fun. And. Unfortunately, I think this might be the one where I piss off more people than I've ever pissed off before. Yeah, so I would. I would we'll have, you that. will definitely piss off half the state. There's no doubt about that. All right. No matter Here we how go. this plays out. <laughs> Here we go. We're running headlong into this. Uh, top college football programs in the state of Michigan. Uh, starting off uh, with number seven, we'll do the top seven and the bottom three. Um, starting at number seven is Elbian. Elbian is in the MIAA, and they've won championships in 2011, 12, 2013. I have to tell you, there's a lot of teams in the MIAA, which I find virtually indistinguishable from each other. Mm -hmm. You got the, all the A schools. There's Elbian, Adrian, Elma. And then you got like Olivet. These they all meld together in I my mind. I went to one of those schools, and they all meld together in my mind. <laughs> where, where, did, where did you go? I went to Adrian for my first two years. You went to Adrian. Yep. Oh, so for number seven, I have Elbian. They just nudged out Adrian. It's, screw Adrian. I transferred. Okay. Okay. So Elbian, um, they average twenty eight hundred fans a game. Wow. So that put them over over the top. Adrian only averaged seventeen hundred fans a game. Ah. So number seven is uh, is Albion. Number six is Saginaw Valley State. Um, I feel like their fan base is kind of active, and uh, they average just over seven thousand fans a game. It's quite a few. Yeah, so I feel like they have a lot of pride. They've won some some GLIAC, I guess is how you say that. Yeah, I think so. Uh, championships, and I always feel like they're pretty strong. When I when I hear about Saginaw Valley State, of course. So they're not, you know, they're not the top notch, you know, the big money leagues, but they have pride. 
you know, and I like that Saginaw Valley State. Coming in at number five is Western. Western Michigan is down in Kalamazoo. They're the Broncos. Um, not a huge deal. I, I feel like on game days at Waldo Stadium, like I live fairly close and you don't get a lot of pub about Western Michigan. But e- even are, now? Even yeah, now? it's just not. Well, I'm I'm up in Grand Rapids, so it's an hour north. But it's I don't know the whole row the boat thing and Fleck. I'm I'm kind of surprised. Uh, yeah, they're they're actually a little bit of a, a trendy school right now. They are, they are they're number five. In, I mean they're working their way until up. he leaves after the season and then they go back to being Western Michigan. The thing about Fleck though is he's kind of a spaz. <laughs> that, that he is. We is might get to another spaz? one of those on this list. Yeah, man, we'll see. Uh, so yeah, the, all right. I got to clear the air. If I'm going to talk about Western Michigan University, mm-hmm. they're, what's their ma- mascot? Broncos. They're the Broncos, right? Mm-hmm. And now this flat guy comes, and we're going to start all these new traditions, and they're doing the stupid video. And what are they talking about? Rowing a boat. Mm-hmm. What does that have to do with Broncos? The horse is not in a boat. Horses can't even row. They have hooves, not hands. Row the boat, like doesn't make any sense they're not the they're not the mariners no speaking of things that actually would make sense coming in at number four is grand valley state university right in my backyard and they are the lakers that would make some sense Mm -hmm. for rowing the boat at least (laughs) at least it's a nautical theme anyway grand valley is a very winning program they win a lot of gliac titles and in division two they're really, they're, um, they're really strong and, uh, noted, uh, people such as David Kirkus, you know, have come from Grand Valley, big names. I, like, I actually thought you were going to take G- uh, Grand Valley as like your hedge number one, just because of how successful they've been. And then you wouldn't have had to pick one of the, one of the two, uh, oh, that's mainstream options for, for number one. That's a weak sauce game. Oh, you know it. So I know I Grand Valley would have been. I mean, that's pretty strong. Mm-hmm. You know, they they have done a lot, and that would have. I feel like that would have been a little bit of a cop out. Yes, it very much would have. I just I thought you would have gone for it. <laughs> Number four is definitely Grand Valley. They are um, just over ten thousand fans a game, so pretty wow. strong. That's way yeah. more than than we're at the cell today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no kidding. How many do you think? Well. They had to have ten thousand there. You think? Not by the end, for sure. They were well, they yeah. were pushing triple digits by the end. Do you mean guaranteed rate field? <laughs> yes. Or whatever they're going to call that it. It's so bad. And did you see the little logo that has like the, the arrow like, going down? Yes. So classic. It's just a great big downer <laughs> showing up there. The big down arrow, guaranteed rate. All right. Number three uh, is Central Michigan. Central Michigan, um, they got the whole fire up chips thing going. I feel like on Mount Pleasant on game day, that that would be pretty hype. Yeah. I, I think that would be a good experience. They have eight active current NFL players. Hmm. Central Michigan. I don't, don't ask me to name any. Uh, they have Eric Fisher, who was the first overall pick a couple of years ago. He's a lineman yeah. of some sort. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like they would churn out men with girth you know line <laughs> line people do you remember dan lefevre played at central yeah he was yeah. awesome i loved him yeah. he ran around all over mm-hmm. i feel like the the mac is 
Mac is a weird conference because you got central, you got all these, you know, directional Michigan schools and it's always just kind of like this group of also rands. It never, they're not, they're not big time and they're not quite that next lower tier to have success on a different type of level, you know, like Grand Valley does. Right. It's weird. Hashtag Maction. Yeah. I, I'm not feeling the, the, the Maction. Um, you know, what are you going to do? Go to the Little Caesars Bowl? Come on. Yeah, the bowl in Detroit, sweet. That's just, just where you want to so go sad. during bowl season. You know, it's a properly named uh, bowl because it's a bowl like Little Caesars Pizza is pizza, mm-hmm. but it's the Little Caesars Bowl and it's Little Caesars Pizza. So yeah. it's not it's not good, <laughs> but it's a thing at least. All right. Uh, number two. <laughs> oh, boy. Here we go. Here you go. Number Number two is the Michigan State Spartans. Michigan State Spartans, they currently have 25 active NFL players, two NFL Hall of Famers. They average uh, at home 72,328 fans per game. Um, Michigan State is a good a really good Saturday game day experience. A lot of tailgating, the 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 band, the pride, everything like that. Michigan State is a, is a solid number two. Did you and, count Plaxico in with the Hall of Famers? <laughs> I, I don't think so. Isn't he? The, didn't he shoot himself? He literally shot himself. Yep. <laughs> he is what you would call an air quotes intellectual. Yeah, not so much. Uh, all right, Hall. You should be you should be smiling. Go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and guess the University of Michigan. The University of Michigan. I hate to say it, but no other school in Michigan is is showing up regularly on, you know, top 10 lists of game day experiences, best college uh, programs, all this stuff. Um, there's a reason University of Michigan called the Spartans little brother, because there is a little bit of that going on. But. On any given day, state can and will field a better team and beat and, your and has beat your head in, and has yeah definitely. Um, but as far as programs go, I'm sorry, but University of Michigan is still number one. Thirty-one active NFL players, six NFL Hall of Famers, and an average home attendance of a hundred and eleven thousand five hundred and ninety-two fans on every Saturday. I'd say with their number one yet. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Um, yeah, I don't want to get into this for a long time, but a lot of the whole little brother thing is just the the comp. I think it's more with fans than actual the two programs. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I feel like Michigan State fans spend more time worrying about how good they are compared to Michigan than just how good. I mean, they've been very, very good. Just focus on that. Yeah. That, that Michigan, is in itself is something. Yeah, Michigan State in the last what the pick a time frame 10, 10 years, years has, yeah. has, has been the better program. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and my boy, Kirk, Kirk. do you have allegiances? I, I mean, you don't have to disclose they're, it if you don't want to. They're loose allegiances. Um, I, like if they're both playing different teams, I want them both to win. Okay. Like, so I, I didn't graduate from any of these, these schools. I don't have strong ties. I would say, um, before Kirk cousins came through, like, uh, I was probably more of a Michigan guy, but seeing Kurt come through, there's there's some connections there. Long story, but um, I, I do 
when they play each other, I will lean towards State now. What did you? How did you come but, down on the you like that thing? What with Kirk Cousins? Yes. Did you did you like that? Oh, did I like that? Yes. Kirk Kirk is I don't know long story, but Kirk is is fun. And uh, no, he did a good job with the whole punchline thing. It was kind of funny, and he did it for charity and stuff like that. So he's I don't think he's a high pub publicity guy, but he he did turn that into um so a, a positive thing. Yes, so. and it's it's one of the better moments the internet has had. Definitely. Yeah, why not enjoy it? It's you know meme dumb. It's you know your fifteen minutes of uh, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> All right, you ready for the bottom three? Yes. Okay. This might be one where it's more fun to do the bottom than the top. <laughs> Number three is Wayne State. Now, I have to confess, I've never been to a game at Wayne State. But Wayne State is right down, is right in Detroit there. And I feel like it's super overshadowed by a bunch of other things that you could be doing in Detroit on a game day. And even in the GLIAC, it's overshadowed by... Uh, Grand Valley, Saginaw Valley, even Ferris, like has these like these, uh, you know, a lot of spirited powers out there. And I think Wayne State always kind of feels like a second thought, an afterthought, if you will. And they're averaging just over 3000 fans a game, whereas Grand Valley is 10. I mean, so it's a different kind of experience, I would guess, at Wayne State. Can you name their best? Probably the only player that I can name football-wise. Oh, uh, he was the running back for the Lions yep. a couple Joik, years ago. Joik Bell. Joik. And Joik. also Anthony Bass pitched uh, in relief a couple different teams over the last couple of years. Oh. Yeah. Fun facts with Hall. That that's was all, great. That's all I got for you. Move on. <laughs> Thank you. Number two worst program is Hope College in Holland. They play in the MIAA, and um, they were 0-6 last year. And hmm. Let me tell you, people in Holland don't even pay attention to the Hope College football team. They're they're much more excited about soccer. As they should be. The Dutch are great at soccer. Yeah, yeah. And they Hope built a brand new, beautiful soccer stadium, and the Hope football team plays at like the the Holland Municipal Stadium, which is like up the road, and it's just trash. Nobody even cares. And, yeah, it's bad. High school football in West Michigan gets more attention than hope. It's it's sad. All right. Number one worst. You want to take a guess? Got to be Eastern, right? Eastern Michigan University. Talk about being overshadowed. I mean, just up the road, you have this school that's having 111,000 fans. And on game day, you're getting just over four. And... Eastern Michigan is not a small school, are they? I mean, no, they have I mean, a lot of kids go there. Roughly the same size as Central and, and Western. Yeah, and they just always seem sad, like really sad. And then there was this nickname change. Weren't they the Hurons or yep. something like that? And then they went to the Eagles, I think. Aren't they yes, the Eagles? I think they're the Eagles. And it was so stupid because the perfect nickname is staring them right in the face. E-M-U. The emus. They should be the emus. It's right there in their name. Emu. How stupid do you have to be? And then they're going to say, oh, we're going we're gonna to change things up. We're going to distinguish ourselves. We're going to try one of these new colored fields, mm-hmm. you know, like um, Eastern Washington has the red field Boise and State, yeah. Boise State's got the blue field. So what colored field should we have? They're, they have a gray field. They should have gone green. That's an idea. Oh, 
there's so many things they could have done better, but they just screwed it up. You should be the emus, not the eagles. You're so stupid, Eastern. Nobody wants to go and watch your football games. Get it together. That is this week's Power Rankings. Hello, this is Eric's mom, and you're listening to the Podcast Llanos. So I teased it earlier. Do you want to hear about what I saw on the side of the road while running? <laughs> There's nothing I'd like more. So I actually didn't see anything on the side of the road this week, um, at least nothing of, of substance. But today I was running, um, and I don't I don't run at like this breakneck speed. I I, I get after you're a jogger hard. exactly. Yeah, I ran around like to pass two people on bicycles today. Like, it seems to me it would take so much effort just to stay upright going that slow. Like, yeah, I, I just it, it dumbfounded me. And as soon as I did, I'm like, oh, I got to tell Eric about this. Do you ever see that Olympic um, track cycling where there's like the two guys and they like fight to see who goes the slowest because they want to be in the draft? until the end and sneak around that sounds amazing (laughs) you have to look this up on youtube it is absolutely hilarious because they're trying to not go first (laughs) and they they, they like balance and and like they can balance on this forever it's hilarious so i'm imagining that's what you're seeing just like two people just like creeping ever so slowly to be fair they didn't have like the you know the full lance armstrong you know <laughs> top and, and bottom that, that serious bicyclists do which i'm imagining is probably like at least 50 percent of what makes you bike fast right yeah the spandex yeah yeah you got to got to all right yep. let's move ahead to next week um we, at this point there's five games left uh the next two nights we pl- excuse me we play tomorrow night in chicago 8 10 um, Matt Boyd against Miguel Gonzalez, who is two and six this year. Um, and then Wednesday, it's a day game, two ten. Annie Ball against Jose Quintana, which that should be a pretty good matchup. Um, Friday, we travel to Kansas City, um, seven ten again. Uh, Michael Fulmer again. Oh Wait no, excuse me. Are we, we home versus home Orioles? versus Baltimore? Yeah, that's. I must yeah, have not yeah. switched that over from last week. Um, yep. Fulmer against Kevin Gosman, who Kevin Gosman lit us apart last year. Um, he he throws hard. Uh, Michael Fulmer coming off a couple of rough starts in a row. I'd like to see him get back on track. Um, I mean, he's too big of a piece to, to stay down for us like that. Norris uh, is the scheduled starter on Saturday at this point against Wade Miley. Uh, most likely we will see uh, Zimmerman. And then scheduled Norris, uh, excuse me, Verlander against Chris Tillman on Sunday, which that should be fire emoji if it happens. Yep. We also could see Norris pushed back. Um, and then Verlander Norris had his day. best start of the year, right? Yeah, we didn't get to that, but Norris looked really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, I mean, even his pitching was good, not just his physical <laughs> appearance. I feel like he went from like savior of the franchise on Twitter to like a complete bum over the yep. course of like three starts and a bunch of injuries. He like We've if you done. if you watch him pitch and you think this guy sucks, you might need to rethink how you're evaluating a pitcher. Like the stuff is so obviously there. He's just he just needs to learn how to to harness it. Yep. We go through these phases with guy guys. We did it with Green. Mm-hmm. Like Green was the savior, and then he was horse crap, and then he was good again. Like poor green just i think norris is going through that cycle like he's the dream boy and then oh he's hurt he can't do anything and now you know what maybe he's pretty good 
Yeah, and we talked about it early in in the year, but um, he he missed the entire offseason, essentially. He didn't have any right. development time. I, I, I think that he comes into next year and lights the world on fire. Maybe not quite to the level that Fulmer has this year, but... You know, I I still am I'm all in on, on Norris. Okay, record prediction for the week. There's five games left. Obviously, we you got a, a one win in the tank at this point. Yeah, so we got uh, yeah a White Sox. I'm feeling strong against the White Sox, and then less strong against the Orioles. Um, is it a cop out to always say four and two? I bet we could go five and one. I'm feeling five and one. I'm feeling strong. There is not a matchup that I don't think that we can win. Um, that doesn't mean we're going to, but I don't think there's there's any game that we are statistically in the disadvantage. I am going another six and zero week. It's treated us pretty well. Uh, my yeah. my last or my first six and zero, we went four and two. Last week I went six and zero, we went five and one. Five so and this one. week. You know, this is it. I'll let the I'll let you code breakers figure that one out. <laughs> so where the magic's gonna happen? Um, what's an acceptable week? What, what what are you comfortable coming out of this week at? Um, yeah, boy, I get. You know, even if we went three and three, it's not like we're we're toast, mm-hmm. right? So three and three. I'm gonna go four and two, but I definitely want to take two of three against um, Baltimore. More, yeah. Definitely more more emphasis put on that series than than this White Sox series. But I mean, we obviously you got you got to beat a team like the White Sox. No disrespect. You know, when we get are we too positive? Like, I don't know. I get scared. But we've been playing so well. Like, you feel like it, it might come crashing down a little bit. But I, I, there's no reason not to be positive. They look good. I, I agree. Um, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can at podcastianos.com. On Twitter, I am at JordanHall23. Eric is at Comeric Eric, and the show is at Podcastianos. And once again, we'd love it if you would take the time to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. That would be lovely. Uh, Eric, do you have any other parting shots for the people before we head out for, uh, what is this, three, three weeks or two weeks at this point? I just want you to know that I love all college football teams, especially the college where you went to school. I think it's terrific, and I support them very much and you. That's that's very noble of you, very magnanimous. Yeah, I, I drip magnanimity. I, I don't feel the same way as you. If you're a Michigan <laughs> fan, then I, I like the, the team that you support. If not, um, less so. Except for Grand Valley. I got, I got nothing against Grand Valley. Yeah, yeah. You, we, you know, I, like I said, I live in the backyard. I've never been to a Grand Valley game, dude. We should go. Obviously, I know. obviously not for the next couple of weeks. After that, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, enjoy your travels. Travel safe. Have fun. I will. I will. I will send you all lots and lots of pictures via the internet. Um, that would be great. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, King Felix. I want to see King Felix against Dallas Keuchel. That's my. That's my goal. I have no idea if that's nice. a possibility, but that would be a pretty sweet matchup. Go for it. All right. We will catch you guys in a couple weeks. Until then, eat them up, Tigers. Eat them up. Goodbye. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen.